like Adam. What have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. In this world, they're heroes. I feel the pain in my city wherever I go. And they're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. My vision has shown me the future. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. That's up to you. Did he just catch a rocket? He got a rocket. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Toure. And no Derek this week. Yeah, no Derek. <laughs> he was hit by a bolt of mystical lightning. He could not get Shazam's powers. He was vaporized. So <laughs> we don't have a third host tonight. But this is the first time that we will probably be releasing an episode before the premiere date of a movie. So we might actually have to split this one up into... No spoilers and then spoilers, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. So tonight we're going to be talking about the new DCEU entry, Black Adam, directed by John Collette Sarah. And the movie stars The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Pierce Brosnan, Aldous Hodge. Yeah, it's the latest entry in the DC Extended Universe. And we attended the World premiere last wednesday so this is a long time in the making i think the rumblings of the rock playing black adams started like way before the dceu even existed decade ago 15 years ago maybe like late aughts maybe even mid aughts like 2006 2007 he's been trying to get this going for a while yeah Okay, this is how old the idea is. They were going to make this movie, and they still had the rights to Captain Marvel, the name Captain Marvel. And now it's just Shazam, because Marvel owns the rights to Captain Marvel now. (laughs) And I think this project started as a Captain Marvel slash Shazam movie, and then... Black uh, Adam is like the villain. 
with Black Adam as the villain. And then the studio was like, well, we don't want to get a huge name like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam and just have him play like the villain to whoever's going to play the hero, right? So they, I think, split that into two. But this was even before the DCU, even before Zachary Levi was attached to play Billy Batson Shazam, right? From a couple of years back. So I think we will start this episode doing uh, our initial thoughts, spoiler free, what we thought about it. And then we will go into some more spoilery details on this and review it in full. Probably won't be a super long episode. I don't have too many things to say about this. You want to start off? What did you think of the movie? How was the premiere experience? Did you like the premiere experience? It was cool. It was cool. Although I have to correct you. I think the world premiere was actually in Mexico City on October 3rd. I think this might have been the U.S. premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why we didn't get to meet The Rock and, you know, (laughs) get zapped by lightning. Other people got to see it? I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, that's just what I'm seeing on the internet. I have no idea if that's actually true. Because I didn't see any reactions. The first reactions I saw out of this movie was from our premiere. Maybe that was like maybe you're right. studio. Maybe it was intended initially to be Mexico City. Maybe that never happened. Um, okay. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. You know what? I stand correct. Now I'm seeing it does say it was New York on Wednesday. So yeah, I think you're right. It was the world yeah. premiere. All right. That could have just been like cast and crew in studio yeah. seeing it or something. I don't know. Um, or maybe, yeah. Yeah, or maybe that was just the, you know, I don't know, someone did, hasn't updated Wikipedia or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like when you Google like World premiere, it's the third. And like it says World Premiere Mexico City on the third, and then screenings in New York, Toronto, London, Atlanta, Miami, Madrid, LA between the twelfth and the twentieth. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, what did I think of this? Well, first of all, very cool to go to a premiere. That was cool. Uh, very conveniently located in midtown New York City. Less like swanky or shishi of an event than I thought. It was pretty chill. You just show up and you know, uh, I guess it's you know, there's like wristbands and badges and whatnot, but there were some drinks, I guess, but it's not like a super formal event or anything like that, right? Yeah. You're not rubbing shoulders with a rock or whatever, right? Yeah. Although Noah Centineo, who plays Adam Smasher, he came into our theater. That was kind of fun. He did. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the experience was cool. It was fun. It was cool to be some of the first people ever to see this. And um, did I like it? Yeah, I did like it, actually. This was <laughs> fun. I think Black Adam was a, was a cool movie. It had its strengths and its weaknesses. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't... So, like, if you're not a superhero fan, it's not so good. I'm like, oh, you got to rush out and see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you are a superhero fan, if you're a DC fan, uh, I think you should be pretty happy with this entry. Yeah, I agree. All right. So how does this stack up against other superhero stuff this year? Oh, against other stuff this year. Okay. Um, hmm, So we've got (laughs) the Thor movie, Thor 4, and Uh Doctor Strange 2, right? Yeah. And then the Batman like the mm-hmm. non-DCEU one. Right, right, right. So I think DC is turning it around on Marvel, at least this year. I think it's got to be the Batman, then this, then ugh, I don't know which of Doctor Strange or Thor I liked, brother. They're both kind of meh. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think DC's winning out for sure right now. Yeah. I think the thing about Black Adam is that it's not pretending to be something it's not, which I think... Thor Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange 2 had a kind of an issue with. Um, Interesting. I think Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was trying to be the Sam Raimi horror movie and it couldn't really pull it off. Although some of that stuff was my favorite in that movie, like the Sam Raimi touches. That was the best stuff. 
But I would have loved to get like a full Sam Raimi movie, right? It was not a full on Sam Raimi movie. So, so this is when you see the like pitfalls of tight, like, uh, I guess not editorial control, but tight creative control, creative control, right? Keeping that leash on Raimi and keeping that leash on their people it allows them to create a very um, homogenous product up to a certain level of quality. But um, it, it does stifle those individual talents. Maybe the DC movies are going to produce a lot more. There's going to be a lot more variation quality, some really good ones, some really bad ones. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Jean Collette Sarah got to do some crazy things in here where it's right. like, oh, yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. you can Absolutely. really see his fingerprints on it. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. you didn't get that either. But this is a very unpretentious movie. And I think, like, Thor Love and Thunder tried to split the difference between, like, irreverent comedy and, like, serious cancer movie, too, which it did not pull off at all, I don't think. I mean, they sort of just did the action movie comedy superhero thing in Thor Ragnarok, which everyone loved. And I think yeah. they just tried to do it again and they just didn't hit the mark. Yeah. Although you know? I like that more than other people did. Everyone was like, that was the shittiest movie I've ever seen. I was like, come on. That's not, we it went over bad. this in our episode. It was fun. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. yeah. But this was more fun. And I thought, Oh, maybe it's shorter. Not really. All three of these movies are about two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the other two felt maybe a little schizophrenic pulling in all directions, or maybe it's just that they're sequel after sequel after sequel. You're getting tired. It's nice to see something new from a new universe, see some DC stuff. I don't know, but I agree with you. It's definitely a breath of fresh air. It feels like it's a, at least a, maybe not a cut above, but a half letter grade, a letter grade above those other two movies we got. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this movie's dumb as a sack of rocks and it's goofy as shit, <laughs> right? It's pretty goofy <laughs> at times. It's very insanely goofy. Um, there's a lot of rough stuff in it but um but it's exactly what i expected right like especially from the rock um how does it stack up to aquaman it's a very similar sort of big dumb Ooh, very similar i think i actually Ooh, i actually think i might like aquaman better i don't know better than this i don't know they're very similar i think they have similar flavors i think aquaman's a little more polished i think it looks better Mm. and i think Jason Momoa is a little more charismatic than The Rock in his movie. Black Adam here is a little one note. I think uh, Dwayne Johnson's like, he knows how to stay in his lane, which I commend him for. But here he's a little too in his lane. Like he's, he's very stoic in this. He's yeah, it's uh, it's more limited than even The Rock can do more than this, right? This is a very limited role, even for The Rock. You've seen The Rock do more than this. Yeah. I agree with you. But yeah, I think we both liked it better than the uh, the Marvel stuff we've seen in the movies this year. Although Black Panther 2 is coming out, so maybe that will unseat this. Yeah. Um, how does this stack up against the rest of the DCEU stuff? Uh, I'm coming around to the DCEU. I think, <laughs> I think the studio is fucking things up like crazy. I think Warner Brothers is going down the tubes, um, you know, with like the canceled Batgirl movie. Stocked um, up like five trillion points. Yeah, it's like down the shitter and then ezra miller they're like a wanted criminal you know (laughs) (laughs) they're like on the lamb it's fucking ridiculous and they just started like the rehabilitation press tour for the flash movie i don't know what they're gonna do with that they've sunk too much money into that i think there's just a big clash between what the fans want and what the studio wants and i don't know did this movie change the hierarchy of power for the dcu like the rock was saying right he kept saying that i think we'll get into that a little bit later because i think the big surprise in this movie there's a big 
post credit scene. People are going pretty wild over this it. This is like an old school Marvel like post credit scene. People really hype for this. The Marvel post credit scenes have gotten very very lame. People are very tired of them. I think. Yeah. Uh, but this one was good. This gave you that old feeling, like oh. Something's yeah. about to happen. But before we go into the details, details, I did want to like just a little, just five minute little DCEU talk and yeah. kind of write the movies. All right. What's the top? What's the best? Oh, man. I think we got a couple good ones last year in Zack Snyder's yeah. Justice League and the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Those are probably up near the top. I think those are the top. Those are like one and two in some order, I think. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman's up there. The first one? First the first one, one. Was pretty solid in that like solid B, enjoyable territory. What about Batman vs. Superman? I think a lot of people have warmed to it. I still think it's dog shit. <laughs> really? I think I'm on the other side. I think I've warmed to it a little bit. I think it's going to go Have you really? When was the last time you watched it? Top for me too. I don't know. Not too long ago, though. Maybe last year? Um, uh, interesting. Maybe I have to revisit it. I, I think it's worth another look. I think that doesn't leave that. Oh, you know what we're forgetting, which we enjoyed? The Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, Birds of Prey we enjoyed. I like Shazam too. You know what? The DCU is pretty solid. (laughs) I think they've turned a corner, yeah. Because like (laughs) four or five in that like B, B plus range where you're like, you know what? That was a fun superhero movie. Yeah. And then that's kind of all you need. And I I think I'm getting a little tired of Marvel. Sorry, Marvel, it's unfair, but we're like 40 movies in and 50,000 TV shows in. I just can't keep up anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Like, DC's turning a corner. Also, I'll give Black Adam. I think some of the CGI is wonky and it doesn't work in some places, but I think it looks miles ahead of Thor, Love and Thunder. And in some respects, even Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Or that last Spider-Man movie that you can't stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just talking about this year, but yes, the Spider-Man movie too. No Way Home, I did not like the visuals in that movie. There's a lot of cool visuals in this. There's a lot of stuff I liked. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So where does this rank? Is this better than any of the stuff I was talking about? Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, Shazam. It's kind of worse than all those, right? So it's sort of in the middle, middle of the pack. I would say it's middle of the pack. And I think it's just a little more forgettable than some of the other ones. Okay, I think I agree with that. I think Birds of Prey, Shazam, The Suicide Squad, they all have like a unique flavor to them that this one is kind of missing. Mm -hmm. The Suicide Squad's got the James Gunn flavor. Birds of Prey has like, you know, Margot Robbie hamming it up as Harley Quinn. Black Adam is just not that interesting. I was more interested in the JSA stuff in this one. I thought they were a little cooler than Black Adam himself. Although, I mean, Black Adam, like just Merkin folks is pretty fun in and by itself. You know what I mean? I just think it's a little more forgettable than the other ones. Yeah, I'm I had a good time. It's middle of the pack, but you know what? Middle of the pack for DC right now is still pretty good. We're in that yeah. B, B plus range. You know, if you're a superhero. Uh, I would go like B, B minus range. More B, B I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'll compromise with you on that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, like, if you're a superhero movie person, go see it. If you're not a superhero person, I, I cannot recommend it to you. It is not going to impress you. But if, if you like superhero movies... Yeah, if you like DC, go see this one. It's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like 
the original Donner Superman or something, but like it's fun. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of the ranking. It's a middle of the pack DC movie. We had fun. You want to delve into spoiler territory now? Yeah. Um, we could talk a little bit about Jean Claude Serra too. Okay. Are you familiar with any of his stuff or? God, really. <laughs> uh, what have I seen of his? Actually, you know what? I think I'm not. Although, I guess he's worked with The Rock before, right? On Jungle Cruise? Yeah, Jungle Cruise. Gosh, also, he did The Commuter, uh, another Liam Neeson kind of taken ripoff. Yeah. Have you seen The Shallows? I've seen The Shallows. Really good? Yeah, it's decent. He's a very good, like, journeyman director where he, like, has his fingers in all the genre pies and stuff. You worked with Liam Neeson 18,000 times around. I know. It's all the like the the late career Liam Neeson stuff, all his action mm-hmm. movies, uh Nonstop, Run All Night, The Commuter, Unknown. <laughs> yeah, that's some Wesley Snipes straight to DVD fucking shit right there. <laughs> but those movies are strangely watchable. I don't think any of them are that bad. Fair enough. Fair enough perfect way to like pass a Sunday evening or something, you know, I would say out of his filmography, maybe like house of wax and orphan probably I was ripped say, the most. I was going to say, I bet you fucking liked orphan. You fucking freak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you love those horror films. I was going to say, I bet you're an orphan fan. Orphan is silly as shit. So, um, dumb. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. Kind of like this movie <laughs> house of wax too. Same way. And a strong cast, CCH Pounders in the Orphan, Vera yeah. Farmiga, Peter Sarsgaard. Very solid. All right. So anything to say about his filmography besides what we just I think I think we got it. Not really. We got it. We got it. <laughs> I think that's kind of it. <laughs> so were you like moved in any direction by seeing him in the director's chair when you heard about this project? Or I was like, this movie's probably gonna be pretty goofy. Uh, I think he makes a lot of goofy stuff. Like the action stuff is like that. Uh, just preposterous Liam Neeson movies and, you know, like House of Wax, Orphan. So I was like, I kind of have a feeling where we're going with this. Yes, yeah, so I was a little excited. I like his stuff. All right. Yeah. So you knew we were going to be in for a good time. Yeah. All right. I mean, is there anything to talk about with the Rock filmography before we move on? I think what we were talking about earlier kind of holds true. Just, you know, he knows his lane. He doesn't try to like deviate too far from it. He's got a bit of the charisma missing in this one. Signature rock humor is it's kind of in this a little bit, uh, not quite as much as like uh, some of his other movies, like The Fast and Furious or like even Jungle Cruise. <laughs> he's fine in this, and yeah, not his best role, but he's yeah, he did, he does rock stuff quite successfully. Obviously, yeah. super charismatic, a very physically impressive guy. Looks like the role, right? Yeah. Um, looks like the comic Black Adam, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he does a great job, and I, I always love his enthusiasm. He fucking presents every single movie he's in as if it's like the, the second coming or something. <laughs> yeah, it rules. He's got that. I don't know if that's the wrestling self promoting or I don't know what it is, but he's got that. So yeah, good on him. Yeah. Um, anybody else in this movie who's got like a filmography worth talking about? Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Pierce Brosnan, of course. I guess primarily the 007 before Daniel Craig, right? Yeah. Thomas Crown Affair, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Mamma Mia movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, there you go. Have you seen those? No, I've heard it's very good, though. He's pretty good in this. I think he's probably the standout in the JSA here. It was fun seeing the other JSA members in this. I don't know too much about Cyclone. Actually, I don't really know that much about any of the jsa characters other Me than like either. hawkman I, I know a little bit about adam smasher i think noah centineo is a little miscast as adam smasher 
he didn't really leave much of an impact. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine. So, yet another thing we can talk about before we want to spoilers. What's your background with like Black Adam and the JSA? So, I read a bunch of JSA stuff. I read like the Jeff Johns run, which a lot of this movie takes from. And then also 52, mm-hmm. which was the aftermath of Infinite Crisis which was so long ago. That was like 2005, 2006, maybe. If none of these words make sense to you, it's mid-2000s comics talk. Um, Probably not worth going back and catching up on, but (laughs) at the time, these were huge events, huge big event comics, big deals. What about you? I think you have a leg up on me there. I don't really recall reading any Black Adam stuff, and he wasn't really prominent in like any of the big classic DC comics like Kingdom Come or anything like that. He's not in like... Uh, he's not like the big Superman stories or the big Batman stories. He's not in like the JLU cartoon or anything like that. Yeah. So he doesn't really show up in like Batman the Animated Series or like really he has a pretty sparse presence in a lot of the stuff that I've read and watched. So I really just don't have very much Black Adam experience to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of knew he was a Captain Marvel slash Shazam villain and he kind of had the same bit. But, like, Mm -hmm. I really didn't know that much more about him than that. Yeah. I mean, Uh, he slowly turned from, like, outright villain to anti-hero in recent years. Right, Um, yeah. I got that sense. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I don't really know too much about it, so I can't say about fidelity to the plot or, you know, how they drew from the comics or whatever. Uh, It's pretty accurate in broad strokes. Um, I think in the earliest days, he was Egyptian, and now they've changed it to the fictional city of Kandak. Is it a city or a nation? Or like a city-state or whatever? I don't know, actually. Or is the city like the eponym for the nation, like Babylon or something? I'm not sure, actually. It was just a small nation, but uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just one city, like a Singapore type of deal. It could be either. I'm not (laughs) too well-versed in it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go into spoilers a little bit about the movie? Yeah. Let's take a break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll dive into the spoilers for people. So if you don't want to be spoiled on Black Adam, um, I guess just stop listening here and come pick the podcast back up after you've uh, watched the movie. Yeah. Wow. Spoiler break. We haven't done one of these in a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. So I think this episode will come out Thursday. The movie comes out Friday. So you guys can go see the movie and then come back and listen to this portion of the episode. So this is more of a JSA movie than a Black Adam movie, I would say. Uh, I mean, Black Adam's in it. He has the flashbacks and like um, the big focus is on him kind of as a threat and then the antihero in this. But the JSA gets a lot of screen time. Yeah, absolutely. Primarily Hawkman and Dr. Fate, but um, also uh, Adam Smasher and Red Tornado. Is that her name? Cyclone. Red Tornado's her grandma. Oh, okay. All right. All Not right. the android, though. Not the robot, yes. <laughs> the android built by T.O. Morrow. <laughs> How do you fuck do you know that? I just know. <laughs> There's something wrong with your fucking brain. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, cool. So it's definitely not like the Batman where it's just like it's him. And like right. I don't know, Alfred and Catwoman or something. It's like there are a whole bunch of Duder and Tetragonists or whatever. There's a bunch of uh, starring players here. Although the other two JC members besides Hawkman and Dr. Fate are pretty thin. They are thin. Michael and Adam Smasher really are just bit players. They really do show up for two seconds. 
Yeah, Cyclone doesn't really leave much of an impression, I don't think. Although I do like the actress. I wish she got more to do, Quintessa Swindell. Um, I think she's like a charming presence. They give her like nothing to chew on in this role, though. I mean, her CGI looks pretty. It does look pretty good. <laughs> that was one of the effects that I liked. Cyclone stuff. Yeah, neither she nor Adam Smasher leave too much of an impression. But they're funny. There's some funny bits with those characters, right? Especially Adam Smasher. He's kind of the butt of the joke a lot of time, but he gets to be funny and um, he's an endearing presence. Yeah, he's kind of like a bumbling superhero in this. Yeah, bumbling um, kind of newbie, right? But yeah, yeah. If you're an Adam Smasher fan, I don't think you know the movie's too mean to him or anything. Don't worry, you can still go see this. <laughs> so I think people are gonna watch this and wonder like, this is such a weird roster for the JSA. Like Doctor Fate. Mm. Adam Smasher, Hawkman, and Cyclone. Like, what the fuck is this lineup when you have, like, or like the also, Green like, Lantern, Green Lantern right? and, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, all the other heroes and stuff. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Wildcat. Um, but, like, it's purposefully this roster, at least for two of the characters that have, like, a comics relationship with Black Adam. Hawkman and Adam Smasher have, like, a connection with Black Adam, which they don't really play up at all, but... Adam Smasher, he was one of the heroes in the JSA that really doubted Black Adam's reformation as like a hero or whatever. Uh, Black Adam was like, oh, I've reformed. I'm not like a killer anymore. Or like, I'm not like a villain anymore. And Adam Smasher was like, no, I don't believe you. And then they actually developed like a very close relationship because Adam Smasher got disillusioned with the JSA's unwillingness to kill villains. <laughs> so he became more like Black Adam. And they actually splintered off to create like a new uh, super group, which was like a mix of heroes and villains who like took justice in their own hand, who would like kill criminals and things like that. So I think that's very interesting. <laughs> There's none of this in the movie, by the way. It doesn't yeah, play on yeah, this thread yeah. at all. But I think it's an interesting thing that they might mind for in the future who knows probably not right and then like the new or like at least the latest origin of black adam he's from kandak but he also serves the egyptian prince khufu who is an older reincarnation of hawkman so that's like his connection with hawkman too mm. also not in the movie at all yeah but i don't know i liked having the jsa in it i like dr fate i thought dr fate was great I thought the effects for the magic and stuff were great. Yes. My big problem with this movie is the villain or lack of one in this. I think the whole beginning of the movie was setting up like Intergang as like the big presence in Kandak that Black Adam is trying to liberate the city from, like this big criminal organization. And then it became like this one guy who apparently, what's his name? Uh, Ishmael. He's supposed to be the leader of Intergang, but I didn't even get that feeling. I thought he was just like some random Intergang book who got like the devil powers or whatever, you know? Yeah, I didn't realize he was the leader. I thought he was some kind of high up or something, but I didn't realize he was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Right, yeah, that wasn't really made super clear. Yeah, I didn't like that switch. I mean, I didn't mind the switch from Intergang to Ishmael as like villain, but I don't quite love what they did with it at the very end. Um, so do you want to do a little plot summary for people? Or I guess people are, at this point, they've already seen the movie, right? Do you want to just talk about why the intergang thing doesn't work for you? or And just skip right to the ending? Or No, I mean, we can do a little summary. You want to give a little summary of the movie? 
Yeah. So Sarah Shahi's character, Adriana Tomas, I guess she's a university professor or something. She's researching the location of an evil magical artifact, the crown of what is it, what is the crown of? Crown of Sabak. Thank you. Of this evil magical crown that is like a super powerful weapon and can't be left in the wrong hand. So she's trying to race to get to it before Intergang, this sort of international concomitant of criminals that rules the fictional Middle Eastern country of Kondok. She's racing to get to it before these Intergang guys do. You know, she finds it, but then Intergang jumps them, takes the crown. But of course, in the same tomb where this crown was hidden is also the prison of Black Adam, a superhero from like 5,000 years ago. Um, well, I guess we'll get into Black Adam history in a little bit but she wakes black adam and then he helps her fight off intergang and eventually he initially sees a threat to the global stability so amanda waller sends the jsa those people we talked about already hawkman uh, dr fate adam smasher cyclone sends them to apprehend black adam and uh you know they do some fighting they fight some intergang and uh then the plot line becomes, I guess, Intergang trying to get the crown, or Ishmael from Intergang trying to get the crown so he can use its magic powers for evil, versus the heroes trying to get the crown away from him. And using, it's a huge uh, MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, and using Sarah Shahi's son as like a hostage or whatever. This is the whole sort of thing. And so I guess that's the first kind of two acts, maybe. And then they mm. think in the end that they have defeated Ishmael, but I guess that was his evil plan all along. And so he goes to the other side, he's dead, and he resurrects and he becomes this evil demon. You know, eventually Black Adam, he agrees that he's too dangerous to be left for this power, so they imprison him. But eventually they have to release him from this prison so that he can help them fight the demon. That's kind of the long and the short of it. The, the one thing I didn't get into was Black Adam's history and as being like the hero of conduct. Maybe you want to cover that, Jeff? Yeah. You know, I actually really like this part of the movie. It does a lot of things that I wasn't expecting. It had a little twist in it that I liked. So like the whole trailer paints it that like Black Adam or Teth Adam before he turns into Black Adam with the power of Shazam. The trailer painted it as him getting the powers in revenge for his son's death. He becomes like super powered antihero, like powered by the rage from his son's death, which is kind of true. But it's actually like the twist of the movie is that the hero of Kandak isn't Black Adam. Like the huge statue in Kandak isn't Black Adam. It's his son. So his son was actually the champion of Shazam. And he transfers the powers of shazam to black adam to save his life because he's like mortally wounded but as soon as he transfers the power he gets like shot by an arrow and he dies and that's what turns teth adam into this mass murdering anti-hero so i actually really like that i thought that was a nice little twist from the marketing that i didn't see coming it's cool yeah, yeah. and also it gave you like the jump scare of skinny Dwayne Johnson, which is really fucking weird. <laughs> it's like what they used on uh, Chris Evans to make him like skinny cap. Okay, so skinny cap is so skinny, but this looked even weirder, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like you can separate Chris Evans' 
real life persona from his movies but like the rock is the rock he looks like that all the time right to see him like (laughs) a normal guy is so weird it's like super uncanny valley i feel yeah i know exactly what (laughs) you mean it was really odd it was really (laughs) funny maybe unintentionally so maybe intentional maybe they're like people get a laugh out of this uh skinny rock but (laughs) yeah so skinny rock was uh you know black adam before the uh, empowerment by the wizard or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. With that plot summary out of the way, you want to talk about the intergang thing and why you didn't like that? I don't know. First of all, like intergang is just so faceless. And then this guy, Ishmael did not seem like he was going to be the final big bad at all. And then he turns into like this big demon guy. I will give the final fight some props because I think it's a cut above, you know, big beam battle, big things falling out of the sky. Not by much. But I yeah, think it's a little fine. more interesting. I just think like the movie tried to split the difference and the antagonist just became really like muddled and kind of boring. But I think the stuff around it is better. Like I just really liked seeing Black Adam be ruthless and killing guys. You know, apparently this movie was supposed to be rated R. I and believe then- it. He murders a lot of people. He murders <laughs> a whole bunch of intergang with lightning at the beginning of the movie, like catching missiles, throwing them back at people, swatting planes and like hover bikes out of the air he kills a ton of people in this movie yeah um it's pretty cool it's, 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 it's fun stuff i think i would have wanted to see a rated r version but like i don't think the intention was ever to make a rated r version so i think it makes sense for them to like tone it down to a pg-13 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i think there's a lot writing on this movie too like the success of the dceu and like Warner Brothers floundering fortunes, I guess. So uh, I think they want everything in its favor to have as many people be able to see it as possible. Right, get some eyes on as possible. Yeah, having it being R is just not conducive to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the action's fun. Watching Black Adam kill all the intergang's fun. I agree with you. I don't like that turn to the demon guy. He's just kind of very meh as a villain. I always think it's very funny that he reveals he's like, oh, I'm the secret descendant of, like, the evil king that your son defeated back in the day 5,000 years ago. No, it's funny. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I didn't see that coming. Um, Yeah, yeah. Very dumb, but it was very funny. I like that. But part of the reason I didn't like the demon thing is then it takes the teeth out of the whole initial plot line where they're fighting intergang for the freedom of Kondok. And then it's like, wait, now Kondok is being oppressed by a guy who's from Kondok and is like a descendant of some ancient evil king. Like, it's just, it's very weird. If you're going to keep the through line of like international meddling, international criminals, then like keep that energy. Or I don't know. It's trying to do too many things at once with the villains and it doesn't ever really accomplish any of them right yeah yeah i agree one thing i particularly didn't like is at the end the demon starts summoning these like fire zombies these fiery skeletons that they're attacking all kinds of people and like uh, i haven't talked about this character because he's annoying but sarah shahi has like a teenage son (laughs) he's like annoying in the way that like a lot of movie teens are stereotypically annoying and he like does like a rousing speech to round out the people of conduct and get them to fight the fire demons but like it's one of those things where the movie just like forgets to care about what people would do in real life. It's like, we're just doing this because it's a movie. Like nobody in real life is going to be like, Hey, let's just fight the fire demons for no reason. If yeah. you like, if you like round out with people and we're like, Hey, we can like fight against intergang and like follow that through line that you'd been planting through the beginning of the movie. That would have made sense. and been so much better. Right. I totally agree. Or have a revolution against the evil demon who's, 
like raises the dead and has magic and these things are made of fire and like yeah let's go out and attack them with like umbrellas and like right like you know what? what the perfect parallel to this that works is um the citizens of new york throwing garbage at green goblin in the first <laughs> spider-man movie i yeah, think that's yeah, amazing yeah. that's like a great little character beat for like the it city is. of new york where this is just like whatever fucking fire zombies okay you know yeah, um, it don't, it don't I, I totally agree like having like them come together in some way against intergang would have been way better yeah that totally would have brought everything full circle it was kind of annoying more faceless goons there's a lot of things in the movie that i like the action's good the rock is good there's a lot of things that are pretty crummy like that bit is crummy there's just some parts where they just like it's just very thin and kind of flat you know yeah, um, yeah. We talked about the villain being a little thin and flat. The acting is very uneven. There's some good actors in this. There are some not so good actors in this. Won't pick yeah. on anybody, but it's just definitely not uniform. Um, definitely not like a uniformly great cast or anything. As we said, The Rock is doing this kind of fish out of water thing where he's this stoic warrior from 5,000 years ago. Uh, there's a lot of Thor 1 style, you know, man displaced in time jokes. Um, yeah. They're pretty funny. But as you said, it doesn't give him a ton of room to maneuver character-wise. He doesn't really have that much to say or do. Which, hey, mm-hmm. super movie movie. It's Black Adam. I'm not saying that's not true to the character. Um, but it's just, it is a little bit flat, right? It's a little quippy, too, the movie. Although not in, like, a very grating way. I thought it was pretty okay, the amount of humor in this. It wasn't, like, overbearing. I liked the rivalry between... Aldous Hodge's Hawkman and Black Adam, mostly because Hawkman doesn't want Black Adam to be killing people and Black Adam's always killing people. Um, <laughs> which is just very, very funny. I like Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. A bunch of his powers are a little bit of a Dr. Strange ripoff, you know, like the duplications and the mirror imaging and stuff like that. But yeah, he kind of yeah, makes yeah. it his own with his like premonitions and uh, seeing the future. I like seeing Pierce Brosnan and I haven't seen him in a while, you know, so he's not stretching himself too hard, but he seems like he's having a good time, you know? Yeah. Like, as you said, he's definitely like the only like sort of actor, real actor in the bunch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's definitely the standout, you know, still a charismatic, fun presence to watch. So, yeah, he was fun. His magic was fun. It looked good, like CGI wise. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's the one who dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sacrifices himself to defeat Sabak. There was a cool little helmet trick there where you think Hawkman's the one who's going to die, but like he's using Dr. Fate's helmet to like yeah. create illusions. That was cool. That was really Very neat. Cool. The helmet looked cool. The Dr. Fate it helmet did look cool. looked really cool. They did a really good job with it, actually. There's like no eye slits. It's like asymmetrical, too. It's really cool. It's a cool design. It's a very cool design. I actually quite like the Hawkman design as well, yeah. actually. Yeah, it looks yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. I got to say, I'm not like a big Hawk person fan or whatever in the comics but he does look cool he's a fun character anything else you wanted to hit i don't know i'm suddenly like out of stuff there are a bunch of cameos in this that i really liked getting uh viola davis back as amanda waller people marked out in the theater when they saw that oh yeah did they they were pumped to see amanda waller i thought they were really gonna like compartmentalize the peacemaker tv show but they got jennifer holland back as amelia harcourt which i liked i did like that that was fun it was nice connecting like all the DCU characters in this. And they didn't seem like shoehorned in or anything. Okay, that's exactly what I was about to ask. Why isn't this some glub shitto stuff? It just felt organic to the story. It made sense that Viola Davis's Amanda Waller would be up in everyone's business. I mean, she's up in everyone's business and all the other 
DCU movies too, right? So like right, this made sense. Thing, yeah. I mean, Harcourt was in Peacemaker, um, and she works directly for Amanda Waller, so that makes sense. Jaman Hunsu's Shazam gives Black Adam his powers. He also gives Shazam his powers, Billy Batson, so that makes sense. And then the huge one, <laughs> which everyone I know lost their shit over, was yeah. the post credit stinger with Henry Cavill back as Superman which everyone thought he was done. But just because I think Warner Brothers brass was like, you know what, we're done with the Zack Snyder stuff. We just don't want him back as Superman. But I think it was Dwayne Johnson who was like, yo, give the fans what they want, you know? Yeah. All the more power to him. Good for him for sticking up for getting Henry Cavill back as Superman. So it's clear that it's not Henry Cavill that didn't want to come back as Superman, right? Mm -hmm. Just the fact that he suited up for this post credit scene. I think means something that he wants to come back and play this role. Yeah, The Rock or the studio or whoever, in combination, they had their fingers on the pulse, their ears to the streets. They were able to figure out that this is really what people wanted. I wouldn't have guessed, honestly, but yeah, this is what people wanted to see. So cool to see it in theaters. Cool. I wasn't really expecting it. And and like, even though I wasn't super pumped, it was cool to be in a theater where the energy was so hot. People were really excited for that. And to give some context, Superman sent by Amanda Waller to... There's a tentative truce between the JSA and Black Adam, and he's softened a little bit, but they want to keep tabs on him, so they send Superman over there to send him a message like, hey, I've got my eye on you, you know? Although, I don't know what like Superman can really do. I feel like Black Adam would wipe the floor with him. All his shit yeah. is magic, isn't it? <laughs> well, he would wash it, wouldn't he? Although, I don't know. Kingdom, kingdom come. I, I think you can, I don't know, maybe think your way around me, an evil Shazam type. But yeah, I had a good time with this. It's nothing to write home about, but like, I don't know. I've been to a bunch of film festivals the last two months, seen a lot of like highbrow award bait kind of stuff. And like, this was like a perfect palate cleanser. Um, I think it's better than the Marvel stuff that we've gotten this year. I had a great time. It was fun. Yeah, man. Got to agree. It was fun. Are you a DC partisan or or a make mine Marvel guy? I just want good stuff. I just want good movies. I just want okay. good TV. Very political answer. Don't want to be box flooded by psychopaths. I got you. <laughs> but it's true though, right? Because like I was the biggest Zack Snyder hater, but like the Snyder Cut was actually good. I'm the first to admit that that was good and I liked it, right? And I think we all yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we all did. It was an indulgent project, but I think it was worth the indulgence. A lot of the DC stuff is good. And like, I know I'm a big Joker hater too, but like there's a vision to that movie and it looks like an actual movie. And, you know, I think Joaquin Phoenix acted the hell out of it. I'm not like a Marvel stand by any means, you know, and I'm the first to criticize when the Marvel stuff goes wrong. I didn't like the Eternals. I think a lot of the TV stuff isn't that great. I think the movies are looking worse and worse with each new installment. I really hope Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, really turns things around because that looks incredible. I hope it delivers on the promise of its trailer, trailer musical choices. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. still worried about the future of the DC universe, though. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like little warring factions within the company that they don't know what to do with these properties. So, well, Marvel shows how important it is to have a vision if you want to produce even mediocre 
product, right? And then the failures of like the Star Wars stuff, especially, proves that uh, you really do need someone at the helm for these kinds of things. You can't just let people run willy nilly. You really do have to have a firm hand on the tiller. Yeah. If you want, you know, a cohesive universe uh, with things of kind of homogenous quality, maybe maybe DC's doing something a little different, right? You've got a bunch of DC affiliated stuff, which isn't DCEU, the Joker, primarily yeah. among them. But DC is a mess too, though, right? Like, uh, they don't have a steward to steer the ship either. Um, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And their continuity is like, I don't even know how to even start talking about that. Like, all right. You, you know have what? Batman. That's not on the pod. We don't have to talk about continuity. It's fine. <laughs> the ones that we don't have to talk about continuity when Derek's not here. <laughs> yeah, not worried about continuity if they just keep putting out good stuff or even just like kind of decent stuff. I don't know. You know, I like I like genre stuff. I like comic movies. I'll, you know, if it's decent, I'll watch it. Fuck it. And this is decent. This is fun. You know, at the end of the day, Black Adam was fun. I wonder what the critical reception is going to look like on this. Uh, probably like pretty poor, I would imagine. It, it's pretty freaking uneven. The lows are pretty low. Yeah. There's some like plot things and there's some bits of the acting and the action that just kind of fall flat. But I don't know. It depends on what you're looking for. I think it could still, I don't know. I'm going to say it flops with the critics, but does well with the fans. Um, mm. But I don't know. Could be wrong. You know, like uh, the Suicide Squad was the opposite. Did really well with the critics, flopped with the fans. And uh, the first Suicide Squad movie was, uh, again, the inverse. Did really well with uh, fans and flopped with critics. So I can't really predict these things. I have no fucking clue. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, that'll conclude this week's episode. You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you, Amir? Um, probably gonna go take a vacation in Condock. <laughs> I think that that's it, right? Yeah, that's it for this week. Yeah, if you like this podcast, feel free to leave some feedback, give us a good star rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We like getting listener mail too. So if you have any questions about Black Adam or the DCEU, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it on the pod. So with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody.